All right, so we'll start this one off with a bang. Dak Prescott as a quarterback of the Dallas Cowboys. How do you think he's going to turn out? And can they win a Super Bowl with him? Yes, they can win a Super Bowl with him. Uh, the sport has transcended to a quarterback league, no question about it. Uh, however, you don't have to have the top quarterback to win a Super Bowl. Uh, the history has shown that teams will figure out a way to get to a Super Bowl without having to have the best quarterback in the game. Um, Dak Prescott still is in his prime. Um, he will be able to figure out, uh, or the team will can figure out different ways of utilizing his skill set. Uh, now, can you do it with Dak only? No. Dak needs help either by defense or have a running game to take pressure off of him. Um, and even Patrick Mahomes can't do it by himself. Uh, they had to go through an offensive rebuild over the last two years where they revamped their offensive line. Uh, yeah, I think that out. was probably the biggest thing with them is they redid their offensive line to, and that's probably what saved them when it came to not having any wide receivers. Yeah, uh, and when they went out and got the uh, two wide receivers they got, uh, you know. Which I, what, Juju Smister? Juju Smith-Schuster. He's no slouch. And, and no, he's a good possession receiver. Uh, and, you know, and they probably, they didn't, I don't think they overspent for him. I think they found somebody that would complement what they were doing. They couldn't, they weren't going to find somebody to replace uh, Tyreek Hill. Tyreek Hill. And so they went out and got Valdez Scandling. So they went and got the two best free agents that came from proven teams yep. of what they did. You know, Juju Smith-Schuster coming from Pittsburgh and uh, Valdez Scandling coming. He was the deep threat for Aaron Rodgers. Uh, unfortunately, what they discovered was that the catalyst of that team is not their wide receivers. The catalyst of that team is Travis Kelsey, and yep. he always has been. That's why – He is technically the number one receiver. Yes. Not, and, not Tyreek Hill. Right, and Tyreek Hill was the deep threat. He was the yeah. one that stretched, stretched – Stretched the defense. Right. And uh, without that – so we watched Mahomes this year have to figure out, instead of playing the four or five – play attack offense, yep. they now were putting together 10, 12, 13 plays. He showed drives. why he's the superstar that he is. Yeah, he adjusted to it. Uh, and and that is exactly what any team has to do. Just, uh, just like uh, Jalen Hurts. Yep. You know, he was put into a situation that was an opportunity – Two years ago, he took over for Wentz, got four or five games, whatever it was. Yeah. I didn't think he looked bad either you in know, those games. Well, I they, mean, he they, wasn't a world beater, but he wasn't bad. 
No, he wasn't. He wasn't Carson Wentz. But he got a full start last year or got a complete year last year. And they were able to evaluate what he was and what he needed to where they went out and got a they had they drafted a top receiver two years ago with with the kid out of Alabama. Uh, yeah. The Heisman well, Trophy. I can't winner. think of his name. It's not, yeah. it's not Brown, right? I'm drawing, what is his name? Drawing a blank, but anyway, he's number six. Um, and then they went and got Tennessee's wide receiver, um, who is a Devontae Smith. Devontae Alabama. Smith, yes. And then Tennessee's wide receiver they brought in as a free agent who's had four. That was a, well, no, they traded. They traded in the draft. Remember they traded in the draft for him. Yeah, they traded in the draft yeah. to bring him in. Yeah. And he was an outstanding wide receiver. Definitely. And he's actually, I would say, arguably a top five wide receiver in the league. He probably was even before he got to yeah. the Eagles. Yeah. But he wasn't utilized that way in Tennessee. No. no. Uh, I mean, they probably didn't have the quarterback, really. Uh, A.J. Brown. Um, they went and got A.J. Brown. And, you know, for really uh, – and they got Goddard. Goddard was already there. Yeah. Uh, Dallas Goddard. Goddard, Goddard is a excellent receiver. For a tight end, for, as a tight end, and uh, what what they did is for the ver- first part of the season, they didn't have a number three receiver. They had two outstanding wide receivers in Goddard, and when Goddard got injured, they had to go find that third guy, and they did. And uh, I think it's Watkins is who they they yeah they pulled in yeah that. If I'm not mistaken, I think he'd been there a couple of years, and they figured out other ways, and they the backup tied in as well, was able to fill that role till Goddard got back, um, and they expanded his role of what he was capable of doing. Now they didn't win it, but they show they found a way to utilize. They showed the they could. Yeah, and I think I, I think if if you're talking about Fixing the Cowboys, Dak Prescott is probably the last person you need to fix on that team. Yeah. Uh, you have to have a solid quarterback. To me, he he is the superstar you have to build around, Dak Prescott. Well, he, you know. Even he, if he's not a Patrick Mahomes, he still is the best player on that team. You know, regardless of Parsons, he's still the best player on the team. He's definitely the best player on the offense. So you have to build around that guy and make it easy easy for him to succeed. You know, a, a lot of people in Dallas media try to make it seem like, you know, that, well, you got to put pieces around him. That's every quarterback in the league. You know, yeah, you put pieces around Mahomes, and he figured out a way to make it work. Dak didn't figure out a way to make it work all the way to the Super Bowl this year, but he got them all the way into the playoffs. And he didn't play some of the games this year. Hell, he didn't play, what, five games this year? Right. And as soon as he got back, they immediately became the number one offense in the league. Right. So people saying that Dak is this or Dak is that or he's not good, blah, blah, blah. Who do you want to put in this place? Because to me, the only person that you could plug in that's going to be better than him is either Burrow or Mahomes. And you're never going to get that player to plug in his place. 
I mean, is there any other player other than those two players that you would rather have than Dak Prescott? Well, I would even say, if we're going to play that kind of game, I would even say that it doesn't matter at that point. Mahomes isn't that much that much of a better quarterback uh, that's going to make that's going to offset the difference of what is hurting the Cowboys. Um, Mahomes has got a great team around him. Uh, now, are they Hall of Famers? Probably not, except for Kelsey. Uh, Kelsey definitely. Does, does that mean that, you know, if Juju Smith-Schuster stays there and wins two or three Super Bowls, yeah, we might be talking Hall of Fame for him. Uh, he was a solid receiver. Uh, I thought he was good in Pittsburgh. Oh, he was great in Pittsburgh. But, you know, here, here it is again, you know, if we're talking about team building, well, Pittsburgh's notorious for letting receivers yep. go. Uh, because They're they a run-defense-heavy team is what they do. Yes. They build defense and build run teams. And usually the catalyst on their team is really their offensive line. Yeah. Uh, it just so happens that they're kind of determines their That yeah. kind of determines their entire season is their offensive line. If they have a crappy one, then they're going to suck. If they have a good one, then they're going to be pretty damn good. Yeah, and they showed this year, I mean, they took a step back and uh, took the kid out of Pittsburgh. Uh, Who did they end up getting? I know a bunch of people were excited in Pittsburgh because he played in Pittsburgh and then got drafted to Pittsburgh, right? Right, yeah. Um, I cannot remember his name, though. Patty. Is it Patty? Let's see. But, yeah, same thing. You know, Pittsburgh, I mean, hell, they made it work with a rookie quarterback. Well, he is a rookie. Yeah, but they've done it before. You know, Pittsburgh, hell, their last rookie quarterback turned out pretty damn good, didn't he? Yeah. Uh, yeah, with Roethlisberger, they had uh, – Bryce Petty, is that his name? Oh, Kenny Pickett. Kenny Pickett, sorry. Yeah. Kenny Pickett. Uh, yeah, and, you know, when you look at him – He throws he, a good ball. He looks like a – he looks, he like, looks an like an NFL, NFL quarterback. quarterback. Yeah, you know, he doesn't look like a kid that's just struggling yeah. in every way. And there's been plenty know, of just, times, and I'll tell you one that stands out the most is like uh, you remember Vince Young was a world beater in college, and then he gets to the NFL and he can't do it anymore. And I think the reason is in college you're playing against one to two, maybe three top defensive players in the league, right? you might run into four top defensive players in the league when you're playing against a defense. So he could just chunk that ball as far as he possibly can. Or and he had, he had a defense. hell of an arm. Or outrun the defense. Or you could outrun the defense. That's what I'm saying. He could throw the ball as far as he could, and you could outrun the defense, right? You can't right. do that in the NFL. Every single player you're going against is the top guy at their position from their college. Right. And I think that's what killed him. He couldn't do that deep ball anymore, so he had to rely on the run. Then he started getting hurt, and then just real, his career just ended. You know, same with Matt. Uh, who was his rival pretty much? Matt Leinart? Yeah, Matt Leinart, when he same came thing. out, you know, he looked like – He looked he awesome He looked like he college. was pro-ready. Yeah. And, you know, for whatever reason – if the game was too fast for him, whether, you know, the rumors are that he didn't take it seriously. What, he get drafted by Arizona, right? Yeah, I believe yeah. so. Yeah, yeah. And whether he took it seriously or not, uh, you know, there's a lot of uh, stuff you can go back and look at those USC teams 
that really, that maybe it, that, 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 that was their pinnacle. And those guys, once they got to the pros, uh, just didn't have the, have the wherewithal to transition further. Uh, and, and so, the, the, you know, uh, but yeah, the, the transition of who these guys are coming out, it's, there's more room, I would say, now in the NFL than there was, say, 30 years ago or 20 years ago to where the mobile quarterback uh, is being reinvented because, let's make no mistake, all the quarterbacks in the 60s and 70s were mobile quarterbacks. All you got to do is look up any YouTube video of the 60s and 70s. Those guys are running all over the place, buying time to get somebody open, extending the play. They like just they weren't glorified running backs. They weren't glorified running backs or they weren't an option-type running back. Yeah. They to where they guy. could just say, all right, this is going to be a designated quarterback sneak like Jalen Hurts does. Right. Granted, Jalen Hurts can throw the hell out of the ball, but they do have a bunch of designated quarterback sneaks to where it's like, okay, Hurts, you're running the ball, right. and here it is. And he right. runs like a running back. I mean, hell, he's built like a running back. Well, and you look back, those guys like Roger Stahlback, Fran Tarkovin, those were scramblers. They were buying time to get a receiver open. The game was played differently back then. Yeah. The ultimate thing I mean, is... Hell, they had games finishing with, what, 150, 170 yards passing and stuff like that. It was majority running. Yeah, it, it? well, the game wasn't built around the pass because the pass wasn't opened up via... You had a drastic rule change, multiple rule changes, actually three that happened in 78, that opened up the passing game. And that was you could no longer... What they call the Mel Blunt rule, you can no longer basically chuck receivers, which means you could pick them up and throw them. Yeah. Or you could literally ride the receiver until the ball was thrown, and then that was pass interference at that point. Had to let him go right before the ball was coming out. Yeah, as long as you – yeah. And so you could impede their route. You could do whatever. Basically, everybody had fair real estate. But they, they made those rule changes because the receivers were getting hurt so much. Uh, and it – you know, the NFL realized what it had in the 70s with a viewing audience. It had taken over baseball. It had taken over as the, as the sport of America. And they knew to excel the game, to make the game more pleasant for television, they had to make the pass more conducive to where the pass became the strength. Uh, the three yards in a cloud of dust concept. Well, that's the exciting part of the game, Yeah, the pass. And so they changed that. Then they also changed the fact of the way offensive linemen can block, which they could extend their arms, lock their arms, and actually grab within, within the padded area inside of, of the shoulder pad area. That wasn't holding. Today, the way you see offensive linemen block prior like to 78 say. is actually holding. Well, like they say, there's holding on every play. Yeah, or are they going to call it? There again, if 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 a lineman was his arm elbows were locked in blocking, that was considered holding. So that's why when you look at those those old films in sixties and seventies, you're sitting there like that's the, holding. The offensive linemen have their elbows broken. You know, they're bent elbows. Yeah. they don't block with stiff arms, and they can't drive block that way. Uh, so those things opened up, and lo and behold, you know, you get you got guys that were drafted in 78, 79, Montana, 79, 
and all of a sudden you start seeing guys able to do stuff with a football, the league adjust. You know, Dan Fouts sat on the bench for five years before or had basically a five-year career that was really a nothing career. Once those changes were made from 78 to 83, the San Diego Chargers, this is the same offense that the Dallas Cowboys won with with the 90s and the Rams won with Kurt Warner. Uh, Dan Fouts, they led the league five years straight in offense. And that is really the catalyst how many times did they get to the Super Bowl? They never years. got to the Super Bowl. They always found something that. So they were the Colts. They were the Colts for a while. Yes, eventually the Colts got, and then you had other yeah. teams uh, that were good teams, through the seventies and eighties that just always had, because of the physicality of the game. I believe. I still think the physicality of the game was still the predominant thing for most teams. The team that changed that was the 49ers. They would just get out-muscled? Yeah. That, you know, people, you know, because you still had, you know, whether we're looking at the refs saying, you know, what, how is the ref going to call pass interference during the playoffs? Well, yeah. you know how they call well, it. Yeah, it's like, it's like the Super Bowl. Yeah. You know, everybody threw a fit over that call, which in any other game – would definitely be pass interference. But right. in the Super Bowl, you kind of wish that they could actually play a little bit and now, that it wouldn't count. But then you start looking at, well, why are you playing favoritism to a game? You know, you need to call it the same in every single game you call, which means the pass interference should have happened. Even the even the quarterback said, yeah, I grabbed him. He just didn't think it was going to get caught. And it did. Yeah, and so, you know, and like I said, the league understands in any sport, I don't care what sport it is, nobody wants to watch a sport where the referees are taking over. No, they you, you don't even want to see them. You don't even want to see them. So, and, and I'm not saying that San Diego, they had stars everywhere. Unfortunately, they always ran into another juggernaut that, that took them out uh, for whatever reason. You know, you can go back and watch and – and see, you know, they are always right there. They were always in the AFC Championship or, you know, but they, they lit up the scoreboard. Yeah. Uh, you oh, know, yeah, and the then Rams. The, the yeah. team that changed, you know, Bill Walsh, the 49ers, from the 79 years on up through Joe, Mon Joe Montana's career, most of it, he changed what the league has become today. What you're seeing today is what the 49ers were doing in the 80s. And he did it with – what was considered an average quarterback, an average set of receivers, and an average running back. And a dominant offensive line. But an offensive line that was smaller, more agile. Could throw down with those defensive and, guys. You know, but also moved, didn't block straight up. You yeah. know, had a lot of pulling guards and things like that. And a defense that was smart. They played smart. But they were also quick. They emphasize quickness. And that's exactly what you're seeing today. Yep. And it's not, you know, we still have the quarterbacks that get drafted that turn into what we call a bust. Oh, yeah. But we're not seeing the bust concept as much as you used to see 20 years ago where they come out somebody like Tim Couch shit the bed. was just a god-awful quarterback. 
But at Kentucky. But was awesome in college. But awesome in Kentucky. I mean, mm. was just awesome. And But then just came to the NFL just, and just shit and the bed. You look at all the quarterbacks that came out of Florida in the 90s, Florida State in the 90s, none of them, zero did anything in the pros. None of them. Hmm. You can't name one of them of those. That did anything. That did anything. Did you see that crazy stat in the Super Bowl that when Jalen Hurts ran the ball in, he was the first Alabama player to ever run a touchdown into the end zone, wide receiver, running back, and quarterback included. Did you see that? I didn't Jalen see Jalen Hurts but... is the first Alabama <laughs> player to ever be the player in the end zone. Yeah. Is that not crazy? Alabama typically has like 10 players drafted a year, and it takes this long. To actually have a rushing touchdown. So not a passing touchdown. But a rushing. But for, to be the player in the end zone, be it wide receiver, running back, or quarterback, the first Alabama born or Alabama school player to ever get into the end zone. Yeah, that not is. throwing. Throwing throwing's different. That is that is But is that unusual. not a wild no, stat? Because as many Alabama running backs there are in the league. Yeah, and how many of them are top them tier? Are, yeah, and I, I guess I'd have to go back and look and see. They've already yeah, I saw. Because you know, I couldn't yeah. believe it. And so I went and looked it up. Sure enough, he is the only Alabama team player to ever be the one scoring the touchdown. That's not a quarterback throwing. Now, there has been Alabama quarterbacks that's thrown the touchdown. Well, that's Joe Namath. He, he, that's he, what I'm saying. Yeah, there has he, been quarterbacks that have thrown touchdowns. He's yeah. the only one to ever be the one who scores it, to yeah. go in. That seems insane to me. Well, I, I would have to say between Joe Namath and Jalen Hurts, how many Alabama quarterbacks have actually played? Gone to the Super Bowl. Gone to the Super Bowl. I mean, I'd have to go back and think uh, who else – there was um, did Stabler go to Alabama? There was another big name that they said uh, on the radio, and I cannot remember who it was. But you but know, I, I, uh, yeah, I know Namath. That was one, right? Yeah, name. Well, Namath was the you know the golden boy of the of, of uh, Alabama, of Alabama, and you know and then, unfortunately, then you think, of, think about all these wide receivers. You got Julio Jones, right? Didn't he go to Alabama? Yeah, Julio you got Julio Jones, Jones didn't score to. A touchdown in the Super Bowl, um, okay. which seems weird because of all the scoring that was in that Super Bowl. You would thought that him being the number one receiver, but he's always been notorious for not scoring touchdowns. No, he's he's he does he's not have classic, very many touchdowns in his career. Possession receiver, yeah, he but gets it, the I ball, he gets time, it down there, but he doesn't score. You know, at one time in his career, when he was in his prime. And I would say oh, he was his, a beast at Alabama. You know, I would say even from his rookie year all the way up till you know before you know probably two years ago, three <coughs> years ago. Yeah, I thought. I mean, hell, I think he's still pretty good. I thought he was the best receiver in the league at the, at one time when he was with Atlanta. and yeah. their, and their they Super were, Bowl they were run. Doing yeah, he was yeah. in their Super Bowl run. He was definitely the best receiver in the league. I think Hillman at that time, Hillman uh, Hopkins were probably in my opinion, the best receivers in the entire league. Because at that time, Hopkins – because I think he was still with the Texans then, right? Or was he um, already traded? He, he might have been with the Texans. But, yeah, but yeah, man, when, Hopkins, he, when yeah. he was with the Texans, he just had a shit team. But he dominated defenses somehow. And it was like he, he knew that he had a crap quarterback and he just had to find a way to catch the ball. I mean, then he got uh, old massage guy uh, – what's his damn name? 
with Cleveland now? Watson. Watson. Yeah. He got him, and what? I mean, as shitty as a person that Watson is, he's a hell of a quarterback, or used to be. I don't know how he is now. I mean, I don't think he really made a difference with the Browns this year, did he? No, not yet. I mean, it's it, you know, it, but it's a new thing, and he was suspended half the right. year, I so mean, I mean, you, know, you can't really expect. He's been much. sitting out what three years? Yeah, I mean, he sat there with that towel over his dick the entire time. I think. <laughs> So, I mean, you know, it's, it might take, you know, and how serious He'll probably is he be pretty about good coming next back? Year. I, I, saw some, I saw some passes between him and Cooper that they looked pretty promising. I, I well, thought they looked I pretty mean, good. I you mean, know, you know, he's definitely got the talent. Yeah. Uh, if he can just keep that off-the-field crap under control, yeah, you and, know, that, you know, that's like, his problem. And what's crazy is that's what hit everybody out of left field is nobody expected him to do that because he seems like such a good guy. You know, nobody expected him to have off-field issues. And then he got them. But, yeah. I mean, I guess that's, you know, that's kind of how it goes, you know. Um, no, but getting back to what do the Cowboys need to do? I mean, Dak Prescott's not their problem. No, they can uh, win a Super Bowl with Dak. I, I, I mean, you know, there used to be, you know, there just used to be a philosophy that first, if you had a quarterback, then you had something. And, and Dallas has a quarterback. Uh, you just got to build around him. And so we're watching a team this year that showed some wear and tear. Uh, they tried to fix the offensive line. They did a better job. Yep. They're, not, they're not the offensive line Dak had when he was when a rookie. When he was a rookie. Because, so, I mean, there's not a lot of quarterbacks in the league that's ever going to have an offensive line like that. That was like, that was like the coming of worlds – coming together and it was the perfect harmony and everybody was healthy and they just dominated people. Yeah. And so, you know, if they get back to that, then so be it. I mean, uh, so they've had to replace Tyron Smith. Uh, unfortunately he's been injury prone past four or five years, which I think they've, they've taken too long to find his replacement. I think they did though. But I think they did with Tyler Smith. Tyler yeah. Smith is a hell of a player. I think Tyler Smith is going to be fine. I watched him play his uh, first game, and I was like, oh, we're fine. Yeah. Like, he's and, good. You know, and Dallas does a good job of drafting offensive linemen. Mm-hmm. You know, look at the stuff. I mean, Dallas that. does a good job of drafting, period. Yeah. That, I, I mean, think they've they, had good drafts for what you know, the Pat – when me and you had talked before about – they started drafting the best players on the board. They quit drafting for need. The only time they did it was when they got Taco, and it backfired. Yeah, they and reached, I think they I, reached they for reached. the fifth. But other than that, they practically draft the best players. <laughs> I yeah. mean, I don't remember that. It was like nine, ten, eleven defensive ends went off the board in Dallas, and then still they got him. Yeah. Yeah. You know, at that point, you give up and say, you know what, we're either going to have to go with what we got. Yeah. Which there's they no, there's had no fucking the way that Taco was the number one guy on their board. There is no way. And then, lo and behold, the guy drafted behind him was actually a stud player. He just can't yeah. stay healthy. Well, he's not big enough. He wasn't. Well, he's not. He big didn't enough. fit their philosophy. He didn't fit he, his his wingspan is too damn small yeah. to play in the NFL. Yet he almost gets, breaks. Yet he almost breaks the fucking NFL sack record. Well, but he's too fucking get, small. They get into their own heads of what I think they that's think what they, it was. they have to have. Yeah. And, and they had what Marinelli. 
sitting there saying this is the stereotypical yeah. defensive lineman I want. And so they go and get the big guy, miss the stud player, which, I mean, that's how the draft goes. Nobody knew anybody was going to be good. I mean, hell, Taco could have ended up being good. But with a name like Taco, I wouldn't have drafted him. I would have just passed his ass by. Because if I'm on Madden and I'm scrolling down on a fantasy draft and I see Taco Charlton, I'm skipping your ass. I'm going somebody else. <laughs> well, I mean, there's – you know, Dallas has done a solid problem. Yeah, I would say even – They've would done give very them good. A very – High score in drafting. I think I'd so. I'd say a B plus, maybe an A because I'd you say look A. At it. I mean, look at all the superstars that they've drafted in the past what five years, yeah. right? Well, let's just we can go even further well, back. What is this? Superstars. Dak seven. Dak has seven years now, right? Yes. He's going into his eight. So seven years. They drafted one of the top quarterbacks in the league, barring what anybody says, top talking 10. crap. He's done been to two. What two Pro Bowls already, Dak? He's he is all. I know he's been to one. He's always in conversation. Hell, he was in conversation for MVP before he broke his leg. You know they drafted him. They drafted Zeke, which he's a high draft pick. He's supposed to be good, but they drafted Zeke, who in his first three years you could not stop that dude. I mean, he no, averaged he was, what damn near he, six yards a carry. He was well worth the first round pick. He then he they just, get he after five years he was on the decline. Right, they got Diggs, who is arguably one of the best cornerbacks in the entire league. Yeah, they that's got a Van, they got Van Der Esch, Yeah, who is a solid linebacker. He is a they solid got, linebacker. They drafted that role for five years. They drafted Parsons, who is probably the best defensive player in the entire league. Oh yeah, you know, I think definitely so. Top three. Yeah, they drafted him. I mean, look at all these guys. I mean, Zach, they get now Zach Martin was before Dak, but they got Zach Martin. They got Tyler Smith. They got B. Oddish. They got those two tight ends that we drafted in the same year, right? Didn't we right. draft both of them in the same yeah. year? One, well, both, one, actually, I think Hendershot was actually a free agent. They're both But he was good. slated to go anywhere from the fourth all the way to the seventh. Yeah. But, and uh, they're both good. Yeah, no, they're they, you know, they. There, there's that. They who's that done. defensive tackle? We got that. He's a big boy. I cannot remember his name, but he he made a little bit of impact this year. Gallimore. Gallimore. Yeah. Oklahoma. Yeah. Or Os. Os who's Os the one from Oklahoma? Uh, Osima. Uh, let's see. I keep uh, Osima Doogie or whatever the hell his name is. Also Osima Doogie or I can't remember yeah. his name. But him. Uh, him. Yeah. No. And he's only like this is his second bland. Year. Bland, yeah, Bland, he was a pick. home run, I think. I you mean, know, hell, he I was mean, going against the second wide receivers in the games. They they're doing they're doing a job to where they're trying to keep consistency and having these major fall offs from year to year, barring a major injury. Like I said, you know, they lost Dak Prescott three years ago, and they went five and eleven to draft. Parsons. Horrific. They get Parsons out of the deal, which, yep. but the thing about it is, every time a team loses a quarterback, they're pretty much done. Mm -hmm. And yet, they, they, they've done, they learned their lesson from that, that they, they didn't, you know, they went out and got a serviceable backup, uh, 
with Cooper Rush that, you know, he came in and did, did a good job. Uh, and, you know, they're going to lose Cooper Rush in free agency. So Dallas oh, yeah. needs to He's have gone. somewhere in there with the compensatory picks between the fourth and seventh round. Uh, they need to draft another quarterback. I think and, so. And this isn't a knock on Dak. It's, it's the if reality If you go down, the, we you need know, somebody there. Well, Dallas, that is the one thing I will say that, that hurt Dallas through Romo's years. They never there had was a nobody backup quarterback yeah. that could come in yeah. if he got hurt. And he didn't and get see, hurt a lot, but no, still. Near the end of his career, he near did. The end of his but, career, which prompted them to draft. I mean, hell, when he started getting hurt, he was, what, 38 years old? 36, 38, something well, yeah, like that. Yeah, but that's what Romo prompted played, them to draft Prescott. played a long time. Yeah, they, that prompted them to draft Prescott. They drafted two quarterbacks that year, didn't they? They got Prescott and then somebody in the seventh, I thought. Or am I wrong Maybe. On that? I'd have to go back and look. But, I mean. But I know. do know. So, we went into that game against Seattle, and that was Zeke's uh, breakout game. Remember, that was the game he got, finally right. got to play. That's right. He comes out, and he just was mowing over that defense. And remember when he pointed out – remember Chandler came up and popped him, and he pointed at him, and that next play he found him and just ran his ass over. Yeah. And I was like, oh, hell yeah. Next play, Romo gets fucked up. And yeah. I was like, I was like, God damn – I was like, there goes the season. I'm like, we're done. Then here comes Moore's crappy ass – he comes in, gets hurt on that play too. Next play, I'm like, yeah, what Callum is Moore was actually the backup then. Yeah. I was like, what is happening here? I'm like, the whole damn team's going down. Then Dak comes in and he starts lighting them up. And yet and he's not just going against backups. He's going against first stringers because he came in in the first quarter. Because it went Romo got hurt in the first series, Moore got hurt in the second series. Here comes Dak in the third series. And he's going against first stringers. And he leads them down, they score a touchdown. Yeah. And I was like, we're going to be okay. I'm like, we're going to be fine. I'm like, I wasn't thinking they were going to go on that run that they did. Because, I mean, nobody knew they were going to win 13 games and win lose three. Well, nobody was, knew that. It was but the first time. when I watched them play, I was like, they're okay. I'm like, they're uh, fine. It was the first time that they had. Now, remember. It was know, a Brady moment. Is what it was. Well, Remember when Bledsoe went down and then Brady came in? People were like, oh, shit. Yeah. He comes in and just starts or lighting teams up. Brock and people Purdy. were like, what? Brock Purdy, you know, same I thing. Mean, the, league is, the league is full of stories like this. I mean, you know, Dallas had gotten to where they relied so much on Romo. That in yeah. the one time they put a decent running back behind him. He gets hurt. No, I mean they had that great. He had that great year. He rushed oh, like when, 15, when he finally uh, when Murray had a yeah. breakout year, almost yeah. had two thousand yards. He had an incredible. And he was the number Dallas, one quarterback Dallas in the league. Was arguably the best team in the league. He was the number one quarterback in the league. Yeah, he had what and thirty something the, touchdowns and like three year, interceptions. That was the first year. They had actually put a decent running back behind Romo. Yep. And they, That's why everybody and was excited year, when we got Zeke because we were like, oh, it's on the next now. next year, they let him go at free agent. Which is fine. Which is fine. Because he made, what, almost $20 million a year, didn't he, going to Tennessee? I don't know. It was something I crazy. Just, I, I know. And then that's when Romo got hurt yep. and went out. 
and they went four and twelve or whatever. It was five horrible. And, and that's was when they drafted Zeke. That, that's when they drafted Zeke, and then Prescott and all those came in that draft. Uh, but they realized then he needs they, a running the back. transition was they needed they needed both. You got to have a running back, and you got to have a, a quarterback somewhere. Yep. You got to take pressure yep. off of each other, and. Because Romo and Dez had such a dynamic together that if you gave Romo time, and, and, it was and, on. Now, remember, that's when Dez also got hurt. Yep. And Dez came back, and he wasn't the same. Yep. And Ro- and Dak never had that chemistry with Dez. He never could get it. And, and well, once I they think, lost Dez, they knew they had to have a receiver. Well, remember when uh, Romo was talking to Dak and trying to coach him into that starter role, mm-hmm. he told him, look, when Dez is covered, he's open. He's like, you just have to trust it and throw it to him. Then what happened? Dak was forcing throws and getting interceptions. Yeah, well, it, or incompletions. Or incompletions. Or, or, you know, because he's he's not the quarterback. Romo Romo is a deadly accurate quarterback. That dude could put that ball on a dime if he had to. Well, I think it goes back to the chemistry of what you got with a receiver. Uh, sometimes certain receivers, you know, Aikman had chemistry with his receivers except for Jimmy Smith. And the Dallas Cowboys drafted him uh, back when – Did he end up going to the Jaguars? He wound up going to the Jaguars, but he – We drafted he him? Dallas drafted him. He ended up him. being good with the Jaguars. Yeah, and yet when he played for Dallas that first year, Suck. he couldn't catch anything. He couldn't get open. He couldn't do anything. He just – and, you know, Aikman quit throwing to him. Hmm. Uh, you know, he had a hard time adjusting. Dallas lets him go, and Jacksonville picks him up. And, and he Mark goes Brunel off was his and quarterback, And has right? arguably a Hall of Fame career. I don't yeah. know. He may be in the Hall of Fame as far as I know. I, I don't, don't think know. he is, but, but I, he, I know he, he was He turned good. into a 12, 15, 12 to 1,500. His quarterback was Mark Brunel, right? Mark Brunel was yeah. his quarterback most of his career. And yet – well, Nobody he, blamed Dallas he, for he letting He left him go. a team of elites. He left a Super Bowl winning team. Yeah. But this was a guy that, you know, so it comes down to chemistry. Yep. With some of these If you guys. can't get the ball to somebody or it ain't working. You know, and I don't uh, I think Dak and Dez just didn't work. I think Dez was so used to Romo throwing him open, as they say, throwing him open that he was used to that. That ball's coming and I know where to get it. But Dak is different. He's getting you the ball, but you got to fight for it. You got to go get it. Yeah, and that's, you know, the league isn't, you know, you're not seeing that so much in the league anymore as far as that concept. I mean, the league throwing is, them open or just well, the throwing open is kind of a misnomer now, now because now with the, the middle of the field being wide open. You can get away with that throwing open. Uh, you yeah. can lead a receiver in the middle. You used to couldn't lead a receiver in the middle because they'll get their head make a take off. Business decision. Yeah, to catch you, it. You're going to get and hurt if you let a receiver. He wasn't going to chase it. But now they're not doing it. Now they're not doing it well, because a, you can't it's against get a the defenseless rules. receiver. Yeah, it's against the rules. Uh, now. But there's plenty of you can go back and look at before those rules were made. You can see clearly a lot of the receivers. The crossing routes weren't a popular route. 
before that rule was yeah, made. Yeah, nobody wanted to do it. Nobody wanted to do it. It was, it was still the most effective route as it is today. Well, it's got to be hard to cover somebody you know, that just takes a slant. But to try to cover goes. somebody and knowing that even if I'm trailing a receiver, the guy in front of him is going to take him out because mm -hmm. that's the way the scheme was designed for the defense. Yeah, remember how when we used to play the Giants, I mean, hell, me and you went to a couple games to where they would throw across the field and what was it, Toomer would come across the field to get the ball. Roy Williams would be waiting on him and he yeah. would see him and he'd just be like, nope, yeah, no, make a business decision. You weren't, you weren't a protective commodity at that yeah. point. Because you knew, you land that ball, you're yeah. about to get lit up. You're going to get a hit. And yeah. nowadays it's not that way. No. And, I mean, know, they essentially ruined Roy Williams' career changing the rules. Because he, the way he made his mark in the NFL is he was this dominant force to where if you came across the middle, you're done. He's taking you out. Yeah, and you know, you know there was there's several there's several safeties in the history of the game yeah. that can't play that way now. Yeah. Taylor from the yeah. Redskins, you know, uh, he was one of them. Rod Woodson was one of them. Uh, Darren Woodson was one of them. Roy Williams, one of them. Ed Reed was another. Ronnie Lott. Ronnie Lott was another one. Um, you know, you could bunch of them that you know, Woodson, now, nowadays, if you put them in this scheme and this rule package that the NFL has now, they're not going to have those Hall of Fame careers. No, I mean because, they they essentially. The I mean now maybe Ed the Ed Reed probably don't allow would. for that aggressiveness. No, to happen. So it's neutered. Sean that Taylor. Time. That was Sean his name. Taylor. Yeah. yeah. Uh, Troy Polamalu. Same thing. You know, I mean, they those were just guys these guys to where when you get way, the ball, you know, as soon as you turn around, this dude's going to come and smack your ass right there. Well, you know, and that, that's it. Those guys would, if they played today, they'd have to figure out a way to adjust to yeah. be effective. Unfortunately, I don't know if some of those guys would have been able to adjust to that concept. The only ones I see is probably Ed Reed and Palomalu. Those are going to be the only ones. Maybe Rod Woodson, but he was he was such a hard nose the way he played that that was kind of his makeup. And Roy Williams, that was his entire makeup. You know, his entire career was built on physicality. You yeah, know, Roy, I'm going to kill you when you come across the middle. Roy Williams was a linebacker playing safety. Hard hit. You know, linebacker. he wasn't a great cover guy, but he was hell against the run and he was hell against crossing receivers. Yeah. Uh, but like I said, that you know, that has changed the game so so be it. That leveled the playing field for everybody, and it let small guys come into the league. I think. Well, small, quicker, agile guys, more cover concept versus stopping the run concept, uh, and you know. Is it a better product? I don't know. It, it, you know, to me, the product has to, you know, I like, I still like the concept of having a dominating defense if that's where you want to build your strength. It used to be yeah. teams were identified by one side of the ball or the other. Uh, even though as good as San Francisco's defense is, you know, their defense is probably better than their offense that's what keeps them in the games. Maybe, but the, but they're not, they're not a shutdown defense. There's nobody no. got a shut. Nobody a can be a shutdown defense. You know, not with I the mean, rules. you can't give up 25 points a game and be no. called a shutdown defense. It I mean, work. a shutdown defense is the Ravens. The what 2002 was 
Would you say 2000 or 2002 was the best Ravens defense? Probably 2002. Because well, 2002 the is when they won the Super Bowl, The right? one that won the Super Bowl, their defense was clearly their strength. Uh, I mean, it's arguably, you know, in my opinion, now granted, granted, I didn't get to watch uh, the Bears, the the 86 Bears or any of them, but in my opinion, that's got to be the number one defense in all of the NFL. Well, I I still, I still in the old, I still think the Miami Dolphins, to be able to go 17 and 0, that's still, you're doing, because they weren't a high scoring team. 17 and 0, including playoff games. Yeah, seven, okay. they ran the table. They only played 14 yeah. games. I was about to say, they didn't play a full schedule. Well, they did play a full schedule. They just compared only Compared to now. Games. Yeah, yeah. I mean, now. you know, but still, they they're were still the only team to ever. 13. So their and team, they did it, and they did it with two quarterbacks. So their team, it wasn't built around offense, it was built around defense? Well, all the teams in the 70s were built around a defense. That's you how had to stop, you, you had to stop the run. You had to stop the run. Well, you had to stop the run, but that's how you built. So you look at the teams that won. So Super defense Bowls, win championships defense is actually was born. Championships. Born the back then. The quarterback was the catalyst, so to speak. You know, I mean, don't get me wrong. Roger Staubach was a great quarterback. Yeah. So was Terry Bradshaw. But the game was controlled by the defense, just like the Raiders. Their defense was. Under a Madden. very dominant defense for many years. Under Madden. Under Madden, under uh, Flores. and But like I said, you look at all the Super Bowl winning teams of the 70s, their defenses were the, the catalyst of the team. It wasn't the offense because defense, the game wasn't played that way. Defense wins championships. Well, it was and, born you back know, then. And even, even the Packers of the 60s, their defense was still a dominant defense. Yeah, because hell, Packers were – what when the NFL actually started the Super Bowl era, Packers were the top team. Were they? Yeah, they, they were. They the, were a three-time. Well, they. I mean, they, they, went, they had won three championships, and they, they went to four three of them, in a didn't row. They? they won five in the sixties. That's yeah. So they won the first two Super Bowls. I knew that. So they yeah. actually technically won three championships in a row. Just one of them didn't count as a Super Bowl. And the <laughs> argument was that. When the AFL started, which becomes the AFC today, yeah. when they merged, that their concept was running the football on defense. The AFL, to get viewers, made the pass what it is today, the argument. And they were right. I mean, both of them realized that they couldn't survive without each other, so they compromised, came to an agreement, came together, and that's when how we formed our teams in the league, and that's how we get the Super Bowl. Yeah. You know, each league. But the concepts were totally different. But, however, if you look back, the AFL quarterbacks threw a ton. The game was built on passing. Like short passes? or No, deep passes. You didn't have the short passing concept. Didn't have the dink and dunk? No, you didn't have that. You still had the long passing game. And... But if you look back, you compare the 60s quarterbacks to the 60s AFL quarterbacks to the NFL quarterbacks, the NFL quarterbacks did better because they were better quarterbacks. Yeah. And these were veteran quarterbacks that had played seven, eight, nine, ten years. That, had, you know, I mean, United played in three championships 
Because he was there before now, the NFL, right? United's played in three championships but didn't play any in the 70s. Is that because he went up against harder competition? <laughs> no. It, well, I'm saying he won in 58 and 59 but didn't win again until 71. So he won a Super Bowl? Yeah, he won a Super Bowl with the Colts. With uh, Morrill as his backup, okay. which became – they started to change out because United was starting to get a little old. Yeah. But he went 10 years without winning a championship. He did win a Super Bowl. But Giannis was considered the best quarterback in the league in the 60s. Yeah. He is the prototype of the drop-back passer that we see today. Yeah. I mean, that but, was his, his M.O. Was, but wasn't timing, he putting up ungodly numbers compared to other quarterbacks? Wasn't that well, his thing? I mean, you know, the, there again, it's the philosophy. You know, just like I said, the AFL his quarterbacks team was a throwing were putting team, up ungodly not a numbers, team. but as far as efficiency, they weren't outdoing the NFL quarterbacks. You go back and look, the NFL quarterbacks so had a higher conversion rate. There was a big, like a big rift between the two, NFL and AFL. There were two different leagues. They oh, didn't okay. play each other. You oh, had okay. ten teams. It's pretty the much AFL. like, look what I did, and it's like, oh yeah, well look what I did. Well, the AFL knew that if they were going to get viewers, and once they got a TV contract, they knew the only way they're going to get viewers was to do something different than the NFL. And a lot of the original owners uh, understood that. And so they did compete with the AFL as far as drafting players. They actually had their draft before the NFL draft. And they were successful. They went, you know, the first six years before they merged. But they didn't start playing each other till 1970 unless okay. they made it to a Super Bowl. Okay. And the argument was that, well, no AFL team could beat an NFL team. And the first two Super Bowls were won by the Packers. Yeah, I knew that. Vince Lombardi. And Vince Lombardi made a comment that said, you know, the, the two teams he played, especially the Kansas City Chiefs in the first Super Bowl, they said, you know, they were a pretty good team. Pretty good team. Pretty good team, but not, <laughs> like, not an NFL. Not us. Not, not, not an NFL caliber team, right? Well, then the Colts played them. Played the Jets in Super Bowl three. Joe Joe Namath against uh, Johnny Unitas. Yeah, and Namath wins it. He guarantees it. We're going to win the game. Does he? Yeah, and they do. He calls That's it. where Broadway Joe. The whole concept. He, you know, he, he was this it. showman. He was this. Yeah. But he was also the best quarterback. He signs a $400,000 contract in the 60s. Damn, that's a lot. Back then it in, was. In the 60s. Yeah. That, this I is mean, a, hell. This is an AFL team. Yeah. And it's the only time the so Jets ever should, been to a Super Bowl. shouldn't be making that kind of money in the AFL team. No, but that's the AFL understood. That's the only way they were going to compete. And the funny thing is the AFL, almost all their owners came from rich families that Been their handed, sons handed down kind of thing. were kind of creating this league. You know, not all of them, but yeah. half of them. When you look at half of them, they were they were they were descendants of their families that their their family had money. Yeah, you know, and they made the comment of Lamar Hunt how much money he was spending. He was he lost over a million dollars 
like the first two or three years each year. And they made a comment to Lamar Hunt Sr. and said, well, how long is he going to be able to keep this up? He says, well, he can probably keep it up for 100 years or so. You know, so, I mean, there's something to that effect. You know, Like going to be generations. Yeah, I mean, yeah. because they, they, you know, they own the ketchup. They own the... <laughs> They own the diamonds. They got yeah. real estate. Oil. I mean, this this family is set, you know. But yeah. and but you know, Al Davis buys a team or gets involved, buys a team. Uh, you know, that becomes the Raiders or it was the Raiders. I mean, he wasn't the original owner of the Raiders. He buys the team. Uh, the Adams family had the Houston Oilers, who which have Tennessee Titans now. Yep. Uh, you know it. it you know. You go back and, and, and look at the, the teams that were there uh, that bought those teams. Those guys, they actually worked better at forming a team, uh, uh, forming a league than the NFL did yep. in the 20s and 30s. You know, it took George Hallis in the 30s to said, somehow we got to clean this league up. We can't just yeah. have these random teams coming in and out. But it took them thirteen years to even have the concept of a locked schedule. Yeah, and they didn't even have a playoff system. You know, the champion was the champion was the one who got the most wins. Yeah, really? Yeah, whoever won the or the highest winning percentage. So if you play twenty games and you win eighteen of them, you're the champ. Yeah, but if I won to play two games and I'm a thousand, I win two of them. I'm I'm the champion. And that happened. Oh, what the hell! So I mean, you know, but they didn't know what they had. Yeah, I mean, they didn't the know NFL it was going to blow up the, to what it is now. Yeah, the NFL was not the first league. They weren't the first professional league. They were just the one that held on. Yeah, and there were other leagues that competed against them throughout the history. The AFL basically forced the NFL to open up what they were doing and you know would would the AFL have or would the NFL have survived without the Super Bowl without that concept mm. I don't know I don't, I, think, I don't know if we would I don't see. think so because then it ends up being kind of like how NASCAR is to where the guy who has the best season is the champ you don't race for a championship you just are the champ and you can have the shit locked up five races before it's over. Yeah, I don't think I don't think without the AFL, the TV contracts, I don't think the NFL would have overtaken baseball when it did in the sixties. Okay. But all right, well, that's enough of uh NFL for today. And uh we'll be back next week. Do it all over again.